All right. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jean Boone, and I'm with AMT. Uh, just going to kick things off for everybody with a couple announcements before we turn it over to Pat and Steve. Uh, the first announcement is that if you have not visited the IMTS website this month, I would do so. We have a couple updates for you, um, including if you haven't seen our store yet, then uh, you are able to purchase IMTS gear online, and we will ship that out to you as soon as possible. And another is, as a reminder, AMT offices are closed between Christmas and New Year's, so we will be back in touch in January 2017 with our webinar schedule for the coming uh, couple months. So without further ado, we're going to turn it over to Pat and Steve. No response whatsoever between Christmas and New Year's. Pr probably. It, <laughs> if there is, it'll be delayed. Jean, thank you. Thank you very much. Pat McGibbon, hey. How you doing, Stevie? This is uh, Wilbur Ross, the Secretary of Commerce here interviewing you today. <laughs> Steve Miller, better known as Kelly's dad. Welcome, everybody, to another uh, uh, webinar, one of our monthly webinars. But this is our typical, like, what, we do this about every quarter or something like that? And are we there yet? No, we are not there yet. Uh, and I love talking with Pat McGibbon, who is the uh, Grand Poobah Economistic, uh, uh, um, you know, all-seer fortune teller for uh, AMT and the and the industry. Welcome, welcome, Pat. Good morning. Good morning. I hear that it's a little bit cool there in the office today. Yes, uh, I. I, I Somebody didn't do a very good caulking job in the back uh, back part of the building's windows because it's about as breezy on that side of the building as it is outside. Temporary building, you know. So what do you want? So yeah, well, when it's temporary, I didn't mean, I didn't think it meant like thirty days. Yeah. So can everybody hear us talking right now? Raise your hand, please, uh, just to let me know that you're that you can hear us. Um, somebody raise your hand. Come on, I know it was. I know I could hear it over here. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Uh, and uh, so we know that Mary can hear us. That's all that matters. And uh, look at Jeff. Uh, and uh, so thank you, you guys. Thank you, everybody. Hey, Terry. Uh, and uh, just you know, just to remind you of the logistics here, if you have comments, if you have questions, right down there where, where Jeff and Rob left their comments, uh, you, this, is a, this is a little chat group. Feel free to, to say hello uh, while Pat is talking. <laughs> and uh, uh, chat about it, but if, I will be watching for questions. We'll, of course, record this so you can watch this later on. Yeah, here we go. Now lots of people are coming on. So, um, so Pat, like I said before we started, um, I would think that there are a lot of people who would be very, very interested in this report from you this, this last quarter of 2016, and not just because it's the last quarter of the year, and uh, want to hear what what's going on and what what we can look forward to in the 2017 from just a, an economistic is that is that a word I just made up that word by the way economistic and uh, 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 from that perspective uh, but of course of course you know we've got that kind of big new situation in the White House so I'm real anxious to hear about uh, some comments about that. So I'm going to, you know, you've got there. What, what does this title mean? Not there yet. Does that mean we're not quite at the end of the year yet? What, is, what does that mean, Pat? 
It's true. We're not quite to the end of the year yet. You're you're absolutely right. Uh, now I'd say it, it reflects um, uh, in the last uh, three stops I've had since the forecasting conference in uh, at the end of October. Uh, people keep uh, asking, aren't aren't we over the hump yet? Uh, aren't aren't we to where things start getting better now? Uh, and and uh, when they ask the question, they could laugh a little bit because uh, for September, uh, for most, uh, I'd, I'd say probably 85% of our, our membership, um, probably 85% of the industry, uh, had a good month in, in September, a really good month, and, uh, and a pretty decent month, even though it was lower than September, but it's still a pretty decent month uh, in the afterglow of uh, IMTS. Um, but as we were, had been telling people since March of last year, uh, there was no expectations that that afterglow was going to carry us into a, a sweeping upturn from September of 17 through uh, some two to three year uh, pattern of growth. Yeah, here so we, we, have, we, here we have a stock market at record levels. Well, uh, yes, um, and I think that's a, a sign of optimism. And, and, and when we go through the presentation, uh, there's a lot of signs for optimism for the consumer. Uh, and for uh, for service businesses, uh, even some for um, for governments uh, and, their, and their spending, uh, but some of the key elements that are need to be there. The consumer doesn't have to be happy. It doesn't have to go out and just buy more uh, soda and more go out to more restaurants, which has happened. Uh, one of our thing, one of the indexes we use is uh, how much uh, how much of an increase in traffic there is at restaurants. Uh, and that has grown. Um, it it has to get to a point where people feel comfortable enough to make commitments to uh, more expensive items, uh, the type of things that uh, our members and our exhibitors, customers, buy them equipment to make. And that confidence uh, hasn't uh, hasn't been as uh, strong a rebound as the stock market has. Uh, people are spending money. Uh, it looks like Christmas is going to be a pretty decent Christmas this year, um, but overall, still some concerns. I mean, um, it, 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 you got to love this. I mean, I, I think uh, I truly think. In fact, uh, let, let's get a little started into this. The um, for the title, you know, I feel like that guy driving that car, and, um, and Stephen looks a little bit like you because he's got an orange face. Orange. <laughs> And, it's, and I assume that's me in the back seat. So, uh, yes. Yes, you, you can assume that. Oh. And about uh, three-quarters of our members, um, and probably about 75% uh, of our, our, our exhibitors are, aren't we there yet. Yes, it's over. It's been going on since December of uh, 2014. Last time we saw a really nice pickup, and then January didn't drop like it did in January of uh, 2009. But it, it was a pretty clear signal that we were on a, going to be on a downward trend. Um, uh, and the answer is, no, we're not quite there yet. Um, but we, we, see, we see the destination. The destination is probably uh, going to be in the second quarter of 2017. Uh, we just got to get from here to there. And it's uh, going to be a, a somewhat long and boring drive with not a whole lot of uh, sights to see. Um, but it's just almost like a college exam. It's three hours of hell and you just got to get through it to get that grade. Yeah, but it's a, a long and boring drive. You said second quarter. Right. It's only three, four months away. 
four months away. Well, you know, last month was five, and the month before that was. Oh, so six. it's not. The, it's, I don't. I mean, is that a long, boring drive? Is it? Can we not make for, it? For people, I would say for um, uh, our members and our exhibitors that uh, are very active in this country, um, they're ha they've had to make. You go through a year of a downturn, and it doesn't have a great deal of an impact on how you do your business. You go through um, two years plus of a downturn, and you've got to make some adjustments in your in your in your operations to to reflect what you're actually bringing in. And so, um, from 14 through the end of 15, uh, it was a hiccup, and it was caused in part by the oil decline, uh, decline oil prices having an impact on mining and and oil exploration and energy production. Um, but when you get past that, uh, December 15 and get into the middle of 2016, 18 months into it, people in this industry had to start making some changes in the way they do business because they just had to make the numbers balance at the end of, at the end of 16. It's been um, a long ride. Yeah. So it's been a long ride, yeah. And so uh, once you've had a long ride, every second seems longer than the last month was. I hear you, and and that's where we're at now. Every even though it's only you know 120 90 days away, it's still each day seems twice as long as the previous day. Because you've been here, you've done that, and you you want to just get it over with. Uh, and it just takes time. And I I don't think it um uh I don't think it would have mattered who won the election, uh, Hillary or Trump. There would have been half the country would have been upset. Um, and therefore, uh, half the country and probably part of a good portion of the other half would have been concerned about where things are going to go because of uh, consumer confidence, of uh, concern about what this means. Uh, the only probably the, uh, the uh, uh, probably weren't that many things that were going to remain the same. This quick, real quickly, this graph, Steve. You, you, you I thought you'd love this. Um, the words, uh, the t legends, kind of light there. What, it, what this is, is from 1950 to 2012, taking all the years and putting in three baskets. In that year, was there no election, if, um, which is the, uh, uh, the green line. Um, if there was election, was it an incumbent running, which is the blue line. And if there was election and neither of the, uh, neither of the candidates were an incumbent, it's the uh, red line. That's what open means. And as you can see, in the, in the 12 months following election, when you average all those things together, it really hasn't made a great deal difference of, uh, uh, of who's elected. Uh, you, you basically come out the same result. On average, you're, you're up about 8% uh, from where you were at the beginning of the year. Um, they won't start, you know, this, and this chart was kind of funny. We won't start this until January for the Trump election, uh, and there's already been a pretty, pretty big run-up. It's going to be tough to to really grow the numbers that we're sitting at now because they're at record levels. Um, but if uh, there is, um, there is a, a few things that do make a difference. Oh, uh, and this is, uh, you know, it used to be in the 50s, a guy named Charles Wilson who used to run GM said uh, before Congress, uh, GM, so goes America. How goes it with GM? So goes America. And I would say a really smart guy that I know uh, real well in 2010 said, as goes world trade, so goes America. It was a, it was a lucky guess on my part. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so goes so goes America. And if there's one thing that would have been the same, regardless of uh, Trump or uh, or uh, Hillary, it's that neither one of them really like where we are with our trade policy, and they're uncannily similar in that they're disdain for some of the trade uh, agreements we've gotten ourselves into, uh, even if their husband negotiated one of them, um, NAFTA. So uh, there was going to be some kind of pushback there. And that's a big concern because um, world trade and world GDP uh, have uh, traveled pretty closely together. And whenever world trade has gone up, uh, the two biggest benefactors of uh, trade increasing has been China and the United States over the last 10 years. Uh, so this forecast by Oxford Economics is showing that trade over the next, uh, next two, three years is going to climb. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's not going to be like some of the growth rates we've had in the past. And as a result, uh, its, a, it's um, impact on demand for n new capital equipment is going to be modest. So any kind of a growth we see in uh, new demand for capital equipment over the next two years is going to be modest as well. Well, okay. Let me, but you see, when I look at the graph, I, I, also, I see wild swing historically. And, yes. And, and what I see the projection is not a wild swing. Well, yes. And that's, you kind of just stole the punchline of the, uh, in the story. Um, yeah. Uh, Slow growth isn't sexy, but it, it, it's it's awful darn nice. Um, look at this. From 2009 to 2007, uh, 2016, we've had a couple of years uh, down, but we had from 9 to, to end of uh, 14, five years straight of pretty solid, even growth. And as we come out of this uh, two-year uh, decline, uh, we're going to see uh, even a, a slower. I mean, take a look at here. You're looking... This right here is a dramatic improvement over all this back here as far as steady growth. Yeah, we can't see your cursor, so you've got to use the, uh, this, this green arrow up here. See that arrow I got right Oh, I, I got it. Oh, what'd you get? Drag it. Go ahead. And you can just drag that okay. around. There we go. Okay. So from, not, um, from 9 to, to the end of 15, actually, uh, growth was going pretty, uh, pretty steady but not nearly as wild or excitingly as it did in the past. And, I, and what Ox was saying, and I, and I tend to agree with, is that we're going to see uh, on the rebound growth even have a, a smaller, uh, um, uh, smaller uh, total growth rate overall, but it's going to last a lot longer um, than some of these periods back here where this was two years, uh, and this was uh, one year, and this is two, two years here. We had five here, and we're going to be looking at probably – uh, from uh, the end of 16, probably looking at three, maybe better. Uh, no one's really going to say much about 19 because it's a little bit too far out there. But uh, the expectations are we're going to have more of these types of trends with a, you know modest downturns for a short period of time. Two years is not short, but the, but that was probably that was accentuated by the decline in oil prices, and that didn't you know the disruption that doesn't happen every single day uh, or every single year. And we're going to see uh, over, over um, a longer trend, we're going to see softer, smaller growth numbers uh, in world trade and softer impact on uh, demand for capital equipment. But the, the period of growth is going to probably extend past what it's been in uh, the past periods where we've only had a couple years at a time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. 
So it's not sexy, well, like but say, it's, it's, not, it's survivable. It's, it's, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's a get-rich-slow right. scheme. Right. Uh, so, but there's still some challenges uh, that we've got to get over, and uh, we're not going to get all, over all of them in the next 120 days, but uh, we should see some improvements. Uh, the, the forecast right now is for Brazil to have a deeper recession. And it would to go. It could spend a day just on Brazil, from impeachment to the challenge that the, they the, they put all doubled down on oil, and then oil went, on, uh, went under. Uh, the Olympics wasn't as big a success as expected. Uh, their automotive industries have some challenges. Uh, the aerospace industry is about the only thing that's uh, on a positive slope for them right now. And and so the projections are, we're for a downturn in. Um, 2017 back at the beginning of uh, 16, and at the end of 16, the downturn in 17 is supposed to be even deeper. So the forecast has gotten worse. Uh, Italy, um, <clears throat> its GDP is starting to make some, uh, starting to recede, decline, uh, and you know they've got a new, a new uh, political system or political party involved in uh, the termination of the government. Uh, and I think it's the uneasiness, the unknown there that's uh, creating some of that. So as familiarity grows there, that's probably going to change over the course of 2017. Japan, finally, you know, modest growth. We've been used to, for decades, uh, seeing Japan be a leader, be helping pull things out of a recession. It's not going to happen this time. They're going to uh, at least not be a negative or a drag on, on the growth of uh, the world GDP number over the course of the next two years. Um, and then Australia, which was projected to be some pretty decent growth for a pretty good-sized country, uh, that uh, projection has moved back just a bit based on some uh, their, their reliance on mining and, and the fact that mining is going to be coming back a little bit slower than uh, originally uh, projected by a lot of the analysts. South Korea fit into here anywhere? Yeah, um, give me just a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought we were on the world thing. Yeah, we are. Okay. Um, the positive side, the EU is seeing some small acceleration. Uh, their, their workforce is growing and the wages are going up. And so you've got two things multiplying each other. You've got more people that are making more money, so it's a double impact. So uh, we're, we're pretty excited about that. That means it takes a little, little bit of relief off the U.S. as being a place that everybody has to sell something. They can, uh, EU is becoming another export market that the people can um, access and see some growth. Uh, and that will help uh, bring the world GDP and also uh, bring the world trade figures up a bit more. China forecast has been raised. Still not to that 8 9% of uh, annual growth rate that we've been used to, uh, and that usually means that we're going to see uh, a sucking sound uh, demand for new uh, raw materials and other products in China, but it, it will uh, absorb a great deal of the uh, excess inventory and start beginning some pressure early on in 2017 on basic commodity prices, which will help the mining industry and start begin see some uh, activity there. Uh, and even in the United States, uh, given the, some of the concerns that was, were being expressed by analysts uh, in uh, early October and then more strongly after the election, uh, they're much more optimistic. And as you said, we're looking uh, at, if you're in the stock market, it's been a pretty nice two weeks um, post-election um, because the confidence that uh, that not even, uh, that actually no one individual can really change things that greatly that uh, we can see a, 
uh, demise of a, a, a good economy. Um, and so as a result of these three things versus the previous page, they, these uh, significantly outweigh them. So the full forecast by uh, a couple of the uh, major forecasting, IHS and, um, and Oxford, uh, have been moved upwards in just the last uh, week from where they were uh, before the election. Um, and that's a very positive sign because most of the, uh, the forecasts I've seen from IHS and um, uh, from uh, Oxford, from Longbow Securities, all had two scenarios, um, a better growth at the beginning of a Hillary elect uh, term and slower growth or maybe decline towards the end of her first four years. Uh, and a slow or declining economy at the beginning of a Trump and then some pick up the end. Uh, uh, the, the, the combined wisdom now is that uh, we're going to see a little bit better growth at the beginning of the Trump administration than anyone expected. The question still, you know, is about uh, some of the things that he might bring to us in, in, uh, in June of next year. So we were at the forecasting conference back in, in, um, in Miami at the end of October our four forecasters uh, broke dead even uh, on whether it was going to be 5% down or 5 to 9% up. Uh, and I uh, have had the chance to talk to a couple of them uh, just in the last week. Uh, and uh, the, one of the pessimistic ones uh, has actually gone from being 5% down to being flat. And one of the, the uh, optimistic ones is, has doubled up his 5% to make a 10% growth in our market for 2000. Um, uh, 2017. Uh, personally, I still think that uh, three to five percent growth is probably where we're going to end up in 17. We're going to start the year off a little bit slower than expected. Um, going with what AMT has been saying for the last, oh, I guess now six months, uh, IMTS, <laughs> you can't get around it. it uh, when you have an IMTS, you have a bounce. Um, but we expect the bounce to, this is a graph we put together back in Mar, uh, May of uh, this year. Uh, the IMTS number came, uh, we said it was going to probably come in at, at around 594. It came in at, uh, I mean, sorry, 495. It came in at 496. So we're off by $5 million. Uh, the October number was uh, dead on. Um, but we think that probably these uh, projections here are going to be pretty close. We're going to bounce around 300 million for November, uh, December, and uh, January. Um, February will be a little bit worse, and then uh, we'll start to see, hopefully, things start to pick up on a, a positive trend in, in March. And then April, May, and June, we'll start seeing some numbers in the 300s that will start making a difference in people's balance sheets. And why do we think that? Well, you, you, you feel a little more confident if you saw uh, a little bit more green here. But if you compared uh, this uh, key indicators chart to the one we saw last month where there was only one green, um, a lot more red, and, the, uh, and some more yellow, um, this is actually a significant improvement. Where, um, some of the key things to, to take a look at, person managed index, which has always been a really, really good indicator, is uh, is up um, is up significantly actually from the pa over the past two months. It was up in uh, October and then up again in November. Uh, it looks like it's probably be up again in December. 
so that three months of, uh, if that December number comes in as, as people are guessing at right now, that'd be three months of growth in the PA, uh, purchasing managers index, which is an index of uh, that measures expansion of, uh, the, of the manufacturing area by what purchasing managers plan to purchase uh, across a variety of different uh, industries. Um, the um, <clears throat> housing starts, I'll go into a little bit more later on, but it, it, was, it was awesome. Uh, third rate mortgage and the AAA bond rates, it's still about as low as you could possibly want them to be and not have the, the economy go into depression. Um, they're going to go but, up a little bit, right? Yeah, there's, everybody believes that uh, when the Fed meets this month, um, there'll be a uh, announcement for a, a modest increase and that we'll probably see a, a second increase in the uh, the next uh, open door open uh, door uh, meeting, uh, I think it's in February. And both those would mean that the, the Federal Reserve and the people that um, provide them their analysis all believe in the economy is on a pretty uh, is poised for strong growth. You wouldn't want to put anything on that would put any kind of brakes on something to slow it down. And they're they're pretty confident that these modest increases are not going to put a brakes on. The one negative thing it will do, it will start to see more money coming into the country, looking for those interest rates and looking for the uh, opportunities to uh, put capital investments in a very safe economic environment with a with strong, um, with one of the strongest economies in the world and with some pretty uh, bright prospects. That will make our exports a little bit more expensive overseas because the dollar will be appreciate as people come in and try to buy dollars to invest in dollar-based uh, uh, interest products. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. So, uh, but it'll normalize. Uh, it'll normalize with the as a result of the growth rate of our economy as well. So that um, by the time we get to towards the middle of 2017, um, should the impact on exports should begin to dissipate. So. The, while a lot of people would look at this and say, this doesn't look all that wonderful, uh, again, compared to previous month, uh, it's looking pretty darn good. Still, we're painting the picture for the machine tool business to be uh, flat and red. And it's not going to get worse. It's not going to get better in the next 90 days. And these are 90-day uh, indicators. Take a uh, <clears throat> So we've had our three months of uh, our, our first two months of increases here. This is gets you through uh, the November number. Uh, it's not as where it's been when we were uh, going gangbusters in uh, 2010 and 12, but it is over 50, and that's the benchmark number where things begin to turn. So we're uh, we're looking at a pretty positive sign there. Uh, uh, capacity utilization. It's, a, it's one of our key, key concerns. Um, used to be the, the rule of thumb in, in industries that once uh, capacity utilization got to 80%, orders would blossom, uh, accelerate, uh, people would have backlogs. Uh, that actually began occurring at, um, right around uh, 78 uh, to 79, uh, and then the last real big expansion back in 13 and 14. Um, so we're beginning to see some upward ticks in, from the 75 and 74 mark back towards that 77 and 78. Uh, still only two points 
need three to have a trend in this particular case. Um, so we're anxious to see what the, the numbers come in for uh, next month. Uh, light vehicle sales is one of our uh, job shops represent, well, yeah, job shops represent the largest portion of our, our orders in the United States for capital uh, manufacturing technology equipment. The auto sales are, I mean, auto uh, production is the second largest, uh, first, second, and third tier. Um, and what you're seeing in the recent, I usually show this number as a combined number. If you add these two together, it's right, right around uh, 17, a little over 17 million, which is great. Um, the reason I separate them, Steve, is just to give you, uh, to explain why there's been a little bit of a lull in uh, the automotive business and orders over the course of the last uh, six to nine months. You, you, can, you probably can guess uh, what occurred here. Um, we began seeing oil prices uh, change. And, and right in here uh, is when they really took a, their biggest uh, dive. And so you saw light trucks. Oh, thank you. Sorry. I was using my arrow, just not yours. Right in here is when oil prices started to change. Right here is where they really started to go nuts and go below $60 a barrel. And this is why you see this line, which basically the trucks and SUVs and crossovers begin to take off and demand for standards, sedans, and, and autos begin to decline. Now, the two still, together... Still consumer sales, right? Yes. This is all consumer. Um, this is not like utility trucks the, the, or tra trailers or anything like no. that? No. Okay. No, this, is not, this, doesn't, this doesn't have fleet sales in it. But uh, the, point, boy, the point is that these two together still are growing, uh, would grow, and have grown to be over 17 million, and the projection for... Uh, 2017 is they, they're going to still uh, be over 17 million. Um, what's happening is uh, the auto industries with the production facilities in the United States have been working to adjust um, their plants and their production levels to adjust this rather rapid change in demand. Take a look. I mean, if you take this line here and go backwards, um, there, there's rarely been as dramatic a uh, 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 divergence of these two particular sets of demands back in history. You, you have to go back to 19, into the uh, 80s to see that kind of a change. Uh, and so uh, this caught them by a little bit by surprise. Nobody knew about, nobody, you know, really could bank on the oil decline. Uh, and as a result, they're making modifications and ch uh, changes in production lines and rescheduling things to try to adjust and supply for this and adjust their production levels to reflect this. Um, and that's had a little bit of an uh, impact on what they can do with capital equipment to, uh, orders in the first part of 2016. I think that the, as this begin, continues to develop uh, and as we get into 2017, you'll see some uh, a pickup in the automobile industry that will be a little bit more active and that um, their orders will begin to reflect uh, increased production and expansion in this kind of product. Um, you'll see a little bit less in this. Um, and, a, and, and it would it would seem to me like they would probably the gaps would probably the gap would probably close a little bit, but but it it's gonna, it's not going to close a little bit. What you see is you'll, this will level off. Yeah. And, and I think you'll see the autos come back up. Come back up a little bit. Yeah. And so um, I th I think that the, 
will hit a peak on the crossovers and SUVs and pickup trucks right around uh, 11, 11 and a half, and we'll begin to see the autos uh, level off and begin to climb a little bit. And that growth will begin to start to uh, come from both of them as it had in this type of time frame. But the gap won't get bigger. The gap won't get bigger, but I think it'll, it'll be there yeah, I think for it's, as long as the uh, as oil sits below $70, yeah. $75 a barrel. It reflects, the, it reflects what the public wants to buy. And I'd say it reflects what the public can afford to buy. Uh, when oil's up uh, over $75 a barrel, um, there's households that can't afford what it costs to get to, to and from work oh, uh, driving these vehicles, yeah. driving these vehicles. And they make, the, they make the conscious decision for budget reasons to yeah, have... It's, it's no question. It's, it's, a budget, it's a budget issue, but it shows that when budget is not an issue, which one they want. So, um, so I'm not surprised. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Everybody likes to carry things uh, and, and have uh, ability not to have to uh, be cramped. Um, sure. Okay, here yeah. we go. Yeah. Uh, index of housing storage. I threw this in here because uh, two things. It shows that we're starting to finally get back to where we were when the Great Recession started back in uh, 2008. We were, in 2007, got up to about 120,000, I mean, sorry, uh, an index of 120 where the index right now is sitting uh, right about 100 and 104. But the big issue is that uh, we've seen some pretty steady holding pattern during, during this last downturn in the economy uh, for manufacturing. Um, and in the last month, we saw a 30% jump in housing starts. Uh, I think it was uh, right around um, 133,000. Yeah, 133,000. Uh, starts in uh, November, uh, and this is that's a month that's usually a, a down month. You can imagine it's winter for most places in the United States. They usually don't have as many starts, uh, and so it was it was not uh, the starts were startling, uh, in and they're not only uh, uh, picking up but picking up by thirty percent in, in uh, that month. I think it's the one of the largest increases we've had in one month, uh, going back into two thousand four or two thousand three. Yeah, I was just going to comment on that, that you can see that the jump is pretty close to the, the biggest jump of any of them, with the exception of maybe that, that two-month period in uh, 15, but, uh, uh, of, you know, January, early, early 15, but, uh, I mean, it's yeah, a, yeah, but the, to your point, this is a two-month. This was two months here. This is just one. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. So, uh, next. Uh, <laughs> so... In the, you like this slide? At least there are. Uh, yes, that's why you know I was trying to think of a way of get the the masses and yeah. you know massive amounts of opportunities into a picture that had orange. Um, right. And in 2013-14, you'd be hard pressed to miss an opportunity in the market we had at that time. Um, but just because the market looks a little bit more like this or this. Um, there's still some opportunities. There's, a little, there's still a little orange uh, out there. The key uh, is we, you got to know where to look, and um, that's one of the things that AMT likes to try to do for its. To see, this is there's a couple up here. There's one here, one there. Use the arrow. Uh, there you go. A couple there. Yeah. Right oh. there. Where's the other one? Oh, here. Set. 
there's still opportunities. You just got to know where to look. Okay. Okay. And um, what we, one of the tools we have here is the ability to take a look at where people are planning to do expansions or contra uh, contractions in uh, their facilities in the United States. Um, and it comes to a report called Foreign Direct Investment, but it still has U.S. investments uh, in, in there as well from U.S. corporations. And over the last uh, quarter, full quarter we have, we don't have December data in them yet, what we saw is that the aerospace industry, you know, looking at uh, $354 million in planned new uh, investment they've announced in the last 60 days, the, uh, the 90 days that represents the third quarter. A one point billion in uh, the automotive industry were announced in the third quarter. Uh, 384 for oil and gas and mining. Uh, uh, 460 roughly in, in medical equipment industry. Uh, now mining and off-road, highway construction, not, yeah, it's still soft. And according to my friend uh, ELS Garden, we're probably going to see that not improve entirely in 2017. It's going to lag through the first, second, maybe even the third quarter, probably in the end of the year, uh, a single digit down uh, in 17 relative to 16. What is um, FDI? FDI, foreign direct investment. Foreigners put new plant equipment to build new products for the American market and North American market. Foreign direct investment. Right. Okay. And then uh, all others, uh, the catch-all, <laughs> uh, 773 million. Now, uh, this is pretty impressive. Uh, that uh, is usually half your number, uh, and they did it in one quarter. Um, some pretty impressive names in, in here. You got Honda Jet uh, putting in this new facility down in the uh, Carolinas. Uh, there's a, um, a half a billion dollar project that GM's put in on a powertrain in Tennessee in this one. Um, the, the, this is just dozens of different opportunities uh, all over the United States. Um, the one uh, thing I'd say is that what we call East North Central, East North Central is uh, Illinois, Michigan, um, uh, Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Um, largest uh, amount of activity from the, all these groups comes from uh, is going in uh, into there. But the fastest growing uh, fastest growing uh, area was the southeast. Uh, it, it's uh, just amazing the, the opportunities down there and uh, just a wonderful job that that part of the country, South, uh, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, North Carolina are doing about helping manufacturers find the things that they need most, uh, land and people. Um, I think everyone that's listening to this program probably is having a challenge finding skilled service and, and uh, assembly guys and, and those states are doing a really good job of trying to resolve that issue for their uh, future investors. Industrial production-wise, uh, looking at 2017, uh, aerospace and medical equipment and are, are expected to have the greatest increase in production. Um, as I said, Eli said I'm down 5%. I should have been more specific that their capital equipment investment will be down 5%. Their production levels will grow 5% in 2017, but from a much lower base, and therefore they've got a great deal of capacity they've got to absorb uh, and 5% increase is not going to do that before they start doing anything but replacement equipment. 
looking at Oxford's global forecast for 2017, um, the fastest growing around the world is the aerospace industry. Uh, follow, and then you've got autos, medical, and off-road um, as the, uh, the next three. Off-road in some of the uh, developing countries is actually expanding their uh, production facilities. Um, let's see. And then, of course, this one is kind of weak, uh, still almost everywhere. How do you use your curve? That's oil field and energy exploration. This is the green arrow. Thank you. There you go. This one is one of the weakest ones. It's the oil field and uh, energy ex exploration. So take a look at it from a kind of a map of uh, the market. Um, as I said earlier, job shops is, a, as I said earlier, job shops is uh, the largest market in the United States, followed by automobiles, aerospace. Um, and as we look at the, as we look at these markets in uh, 2017, we're expecting a, a small expansion in the capital equipment demand from the job shops. Uh, they're actually we're seeing. Uh, as the foreign direct investments coming back to the United States or coming into the United States in some significant levels, uh, they're relying and they're already contracting with job shops to help provide that uh, supply chain uh, they need for parts to assemble into their final products while they get their own supply chains in place. Uh, we talked about a lull in the automobile industry that will probably end sometime early in, uh, before the uh, end of June in 2017. We'll start to see them coming back. So we're expecting that number for capital equipment investment by automotive in 17 to be higher than it was in, in 16. Aerospace has been growing at a fairly decent pace uh, given the market overall. We expect that pace to probably increase in 2017. Uh, there's, a, I think, a three-, four-year backlog in orders relative to their current shipment rate. Um, one of the challenges is with the oil being lower, uh, airlines are taking um, at kind of deferring their acceptance of um, aircraft or uh, having the orders built to spec because uh, at, at the lower oil prices, they're actually still making money on the older planes. So, um, um, but I think based upon um, projections by a couple different uh, economic groups, again, IHS on Oxford and even uh, Alan Bellio's group and uh, the Institute for Trend Research, We'll start to see oil prices firm up a bit. And I think we, there was an announcement earlier this week about some of the non-OPEC uh, oil-producing countries uh, falling in line with um, uh, OPEC's uh, decision to uh, reduce production by a bit. And that will begin to push numbers up uh, as well. Um, going around, appliances uh, are looking, uh, looking to be up in 2017 as well. Um, not only is uh, greater demand as you know, housing starts to begin to rise again, but also they're about to hit a replacement cycle that happens about every uh, 15 to 18 years, and uh, there'll be a, a pretty good uh, boom of uh, replacement going on there. Medical equipment, uh, one of the fastest growing, but also it's fastest growing on one of the smallest markets. So its overall impact's not nearly the impact of airspace or job shops uh, will be in 2017. But if you're doing business in that area, it's it's going to be uh, get, getting better in 17 uh, at a faster rate than most of the other markets. Energy, it, um, what can you say? It, it, it just doesn't look like it's going to move much. We saw for the first time 
in six months, uh, orders being placed for capital equipment by the energy industry uh, in, in uh, October, uh, which is nice to see, but it's certainly not, one, a trend yet, and two, uh, the levels were just uh, a pittance of where it was uh, just two years ago. And then off-road is kind of off-road high construction where most mining equipment is. Uh, should, if if uh, the current uh, president-elect can deliver on what his, uh, he was promising about a, a significant infrastructure um, program, uh, we should see this begin to change uh, significantly in 2017 or 18. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, uh, people who are in that industry, including Eli Lusgarden, have said that even if he hadn't said he was going to do it, uh, just the conditions are roads and bridges alone would uh, require it because uh, they're falling apart. Um, Especially I, the bridges, right? Right. And it, uh, people don't want to have what happened in Minnesota a couple of years ago is happening again in their hometown. Um, and so you'll see projects starting to pop up right and left. Uh, the leasing companies who lease a lot of the equipment that helps uh, in that construction effort because nobody wants to own that equipment have already seen an uptick in their uh, demand for uh, leasing um, periods, and and uh, that should begin to have a positive impact on order levels for uh, off-road high equipment. Um, just a question of how long until that begins to filter back into a need for increased capital spending. So uh, things that uh, we got to be concerned about, protectionism. Certainly, uh, the stock market's all excited. Um, but if, if uh, any of the rhetoric about uh, making China pay or, uh, or taking our toll on the, uh, the, the trade programs begins to really take a firm base in this administration, uh, there'll be some, there'll be some uh, pushback and some, um, uh, probably some problems. I mean, already, you've, you've probably seen the, the announcements in the newspapers about uh, China beginning to move weapons onto those artificial islands they created a few years ago. And that's you know, uh, creates tension and will have eventually have an impact on consumer confidence. Um, so we've got to keep an eye out for that. Well, you know, and also, um, I mean, does and and I mean, does the current political situation with the um, the nominees have have you have you got an opinion, or is, has anything been discussed about, say, the Secretary of State or the Secretary of Commerce picks? Um, you know. Uh, is that are they reflective of protectionism, or they or what? Well, certainly, uh, you know, he was uh, he's picked one at least one person who said uh, during his the presidential campaign that he would uh, eliminate the uh, department that he's been appointed to be the secretary of. So I know. Uh, it should be interesting to see what it should be interesting to see what these appointees uh, end up doing. Um, you know. Uh, I'll, you know, from my point, I, I wasn't for either candidate. Um, uh, so I, when I say this, I'm not defending, I'm certainly not defending the president uh, selections. But, uh, you, you know, one of the things that they, they said about Nixon and Reagan, only Nixon could have gone to China and only Reagan could have gone to Russia. Um, and maybe it takes a, guy, a person, um, uh, some of the people he's appointed, are the, people, only are, the, are the kind of people that can only make really tough decisions and people say, well, yeah, if this guy was against this department, is now making these kind of changes towards uh, fixing our environment, 
or this guy was uh, who's who's got five billion dollar deals going on uh, is taking a haircut to, for on the policy he's, he's about to implement and cost the United States. Um, it'll, it'll have a little bit more credibility. Now that's you know optimistic thinking at its uh, probably extreme, extreme, but we'll see. Um, I, I always like to stay optimistic. That's what it is. So we'll see. Okay. Uh, U.S. dollar appreciation. There's so many things in the equation coming up that um, we see the dollar appreciate. In increasing interest rates by the Federal Reserve. If we restructure our tax system to make it uh, border adjustable um, legally, it, it will make the dollar appreciate as well. Um, these things are bad for exports. Uh, and we're, uh, you know, in manufacturing, we, we love exports because that uh, drives up demand for the equipment our, our customers make and therefore the equipment they need from us to do that. Uh, slower, slower global growth. Again, while we've seen the China number go up uh, and we're expecting better things from uh, Europe, we haven't seen them yet. Uh, so a better China and a slightly better United States it's still less than half the equation, and, and uh, the rest of the world has to could really have an, a negative impact on where we go. Um, so there, there's cautions there, but some bright signs. You've got India that uh, hasn't weighed in, in, in the uh, capacity it could weigh in. You've got uh, the potential of warmer relations with uh, and better deals uh, with the, the Russians, uh, and. Uh, you know, uh, things can only get better <laughs> in South America. Um, so we take that as, as a, a negative number right now. We make it less negative or zero. It, it helps the world uh, growth as well. But right now, everything, there, there is a great deal of caution with respect to how fast the world's economy is going to grow. Geopol geopolitical developments in the Middle East, uh, the tensions that we may be creating with uh, Gene? No, I'm just saying, is this where the South Korea thing comes in? <laughs> oh, yes, it does. Um, you, you, we, well, well, we got a, a person who's going to get in there and want to be tougher with his two major uh, competitors, Russia and China. Um, we don't need to have things that we're committed to uh, become hot spots as well, and certainly in Korea. Uh, Koreans, South Korean uh, weakness is not something uh, we want to see on any kind of a na international stage because it just creates excuses for uh, the North to do something uh, dramatic, and that's uh, that's not good for anyone. Given the ties that the Koreans have with the Chinese and that we have with the uh, South Koreans, uh, in the in a world a part of the world right now that's rather tense because of the time you know one China uh, policy issue. Uh, and uh, Japan is not nearly as strong as it's been in the past to be able to, to be a uh, major player in force and, and setting the tone for what should be happening there. Uh, so it's, and then you take TPP, uh, is almost certainly not going to get enacted, um, and that's going to that's going to hurt a bit the United States' image because we have uh, we have a large number of countries who negotiated for uh, years to get to this point where we could pass it and basically the deal that we uh, had our negotiators uh, give gave our negotiators the, uh, the um, import to be able to negotiate uh, 
is going to, you know, go down in flames, and, and people are going to question the value of working with our negotiators. Yeah. Uh, if they weren't able to do it in good faith, then uh, what's going to happen next time we go around? So um, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot on this plate. Uh, certainly, it's probably going to create more tension over the course of the uh, coming years. But what's that? What's that all mean to us? Can we see? Well, we're we're going to finish 2016 slightly off of 2015. We uh, when we heard people last year saying up nine uh, percent, um, and I think uh, the, the negative was what most negative was down 15 percent. Well, AMT was saying we thought it was going to be around eight or seven. It looks like it's going to be around uh, four or five, uh, down from 15. So it'll be a negative. 16 will be down 4 or 5% from 15. Um, we finished off the year much better than, than most people thought. 2017, um, the consensus is it's going to be flat to a modest gain, and we're, we're seeing uh, really actually a positive 3 to 5%. That's not much of a uh, growth over a year. That's the second year of a decline. But uh, at least it's moving in the right direction. And it'll finish off strong, so that we have a, a fairly good start to 2018. Uh, now, this one over down here, we don't have a number against 2019 and 20. Uh, and it's because no one wants to talk about uh, where that is. There's too many things that could uh, jump up, like the the um, like back in uh, was it 2000 2013, uh, Steve, where in Japan had the uh, the uh, tsunami and the nuclear issue, and it basically in our industry, created a, a, a close down of some of the key components that go into making machine tools. Right. Um, or 2013 and 14, the decline of oil prices and its impact on the market. Yeah. So we could have any number of those along this path from uh, 2016 to, to 18. Um, so no one is confident, neither would I be. But I, I, somewhere out past this 18, we know we're probably going to have an, uh, another downturn. But if we can get another five years like we did last time out of this slow growth model that's not exciting, not sexy, but it's durable, um, then we could be talking about a downturn somewhere out past 2020. Question. So here we get to that fun part. Kevin. People, people can ask you anything they want to. <laughs> yeah. Please feel free to ask me anything that you want to ask me about economics, especially world economics, especially any kind of economics. But I do have a question that was kind of prompted, uh, uh, Gene prompted this question, which I thought, oh, yeah, this is a good question. Uh, you, know, you know, what U.S. regions are expected to grow the most in 17? Or actually just, you know, what, what's, what's expected in the U.S. regions in 217? So I'm guessing southeast is, is, is a plus, is a positive. Yes, it's got to be number two on the growth rate. All right. Uh, because when you start at zero, like the southwest is going to do, um, what we call south central, you know, uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, New Mexico, when you start basically at, at zero, because uh, they, they've, they've just had the roughest time when it comes to capital equipment, um, then going from zero to one is an infinite improvement. So they, they've got the, uh, they've already started to see some growth there and things that are non-oil related, uh, and that'll 
that at a time when oil has gone down as dramatically as it has will help uh, it be the fastest growing. Now, it'll still be a, only a fraction of where it was um, because they're, they're running at uh, 75, 80 percent uh, down. In other words, they're running around uh, 20, 25 percent of the uh, units and dollar values they were running two years ago. Um, so uh, some some of the additions in the automobile industry and parts, some of the things that are happening in appliances industries there, and now uh, consumer electronics, some of the some of the things you're, you're hearing about with Google and Apple and um, some of the cell phone companies that are moving into the, that part of the, of the U.S. Uh, will help increase capital investment there significantly. At a, so it's not going to be a boom, that, you know, it's not going to be billions of dollars, but it's going to be the fastest growing. Um, and, that, you know, the flip coin of that is uh, what we talked about, the East North Central, uh, that Michigan column down where um, to Tennessee, where it's not going to be the fastest growing. It's going to be the largest opportunities. It's the largest region in our country. Um, the best of both worlds, like you just said, is going to be the Southeast. It's diverse. It's got auto, um, aerospace, medical. Uh, it's got um, entertainment, recreational vehicles. It's got uh, appliances, um, and all of them growing at pretty good rates fostered by just not only domestic manufacturers moving there, but uh, people from offshore moving to uh, right-to-work states. Right. right. So what about the other? So everybody else is kind of? Well, uh, New, Eng New England um, uh, probably is going to be about as good as it was this year. It's, it, it's driven by the uh, two things that kind of um, well, the one major thing that works against it is that it's one of the key areas for uh, arms manufacturing. And uh, there was a sort of a rush up at the end of uh, 2016 uh, before the election, concerned about uh, a democratic um, government, led government uh, shutting, trying to shut down gun production uh, with a, a Trump uh, or Republican-led uh, Congress and White House. Uh, it's unlikely that's going to happen, so that's going to slow dampen there. Uh, they're big into airspace engines. Uh, they're big into job shops. Um, so, and they're, they're fairly big into medical equipment industry. Uh, so airspace and medical equipment industry be able to offset some of the other losses they're going to have. They'll probably break even for the year, be up just a team. Um, West North Central, uh, Minnesota, Iowa, um, Dakotas, uh, Montana, Wyoming. Um, they're likely uh, to see a little bit of a pickup uh, because of the recreational vehicles. Uh, the lower oil prices have made them more popular during the um, during the uh, last couple of years as well, and they've grown. Uh, medical equipment industry is big there in uh, Iowa and um, Minnesota, uh, and uh, so they should they should break even and be slightly up, probably be right on par with the forecast from that we've heard that the the conference of about of about three to five percent. Uh, what does that leave the West? The West is tough uh, is a tough one to to gauge. There's uh, so much going on there with the decisions about companies to invest that part of the country or not, or actually to divest. We have a couple members who are actually begun to move their some of their operations out of the West and back up into um, the uh, east, north, uh, west, north, central, and into the southeast. Um, 
uh, want to be either to be closer to customers or to uh, avoid some of the challenges of uh, taxes and uh, and skilled labor issues in the West. Um, so the West, I think, is going to be one of the ones that probably, as large as it is as a market, and it's still going to be a large market, um, it's probably going to see a modest decline uh, through maybe even half, first half of 2017 before it begins to pick up again. Um, question about um, the forecast for the world machine tool market? Well, machine tool market. That's a good one, and I have a great answer for it, but I don't have it off the top of my head. We work with uh, we work with uh, uh, 15 other countries uh, to produce a global forecast uh, for machine tools around, um, and that comes out twice a year. Uh, and I don't know if you were setting me up for a commercial, but you didn't get one. Uh, oh, it's a question. It's a it's a question from one of the viewers. Okay. Uh, AMT produces uh, what we call the Global Forecasting and Market Conference in October every year, uh, and it's a package deal. If you uh, participate in the package, you get the opportunity to not only be at that conference and see all the speakers, get all the materials, but you also have the opportunity to participate in three webinars uh, during the course of the year, uh, January, April, and July. that will give you updates to the general forecasts that were made at the conference. And um, in um, April and October, there is a this global forecast that is published by Oxford for those 15 countries to sponsor it comes out, and it provides a matrix of the uh, eight key con uh, customer industries um, and the 25 uh, country markets that represents 87% of the world market for machine tools. And so you can just go boom, 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 and figure out aerospace in Germany, uh, automobiles in China, and and basically, you know, take the summation of the entire down the bottom right-hand corner, and that would be what the global demand for what's going to happen to global demand for machine tools. Uh, now, uh, thank goodness I have my trusty Kim handy, uh, yeah. and she's pulled she's pulled it up. Pick your face in, Kim. Yeah. So he, he, he just was looking for any excuse to get Kim on camera. Right, right. So what? Um, like a lawyer uh, during a, a, a Senate session or something like that. Yeah. The, uh, after looking for a, about a 2% decline this year in 16 over 15, we're looking at a 2.5% a increase in 2017 and a 4% increase in 2018. So they're looking for... Uh, steady, growth. steady growth. Actually, they're looking for steady growth for the next three years out to 19 in the world demand for machine tools. Cool. Excellent. So, okay. Well, so I don't see any other questions, uh, and you answered my questions uh, I uh, pretty well, darn, darn it. You know, since I'm an economistic kind of guy, you know, I, uh, uh, I understand this stuff. So I'm glad that you used the big words for me. Um, but uh, as always, you know, we appreciate it because, uh, you know I, know, I know I learn a lot from this, uh, even though I'm not a, a manufacturer or, or uh, even a job shop or anything like that. Uh, but uh, I learn a lot from these, these sessions every when we do these, Pat, and I appreciate that. So, um, so uh, since we don't have any more questions, whoops, uh, did not hear the machine tool. Whoops. Well, oh, we, well, we just finished with that, so. 
Um, uh, so anyway, so well, he, uh, he, this, the yeah. last ones we gave you, I was going to say Steve real quick. The last ones we gave were for the world market for the U.S. I go back. It was uh, we're going to be down percent about five percent this year. We're going to be up about three to five percent next year. And we're uh, looking out to eighteen. Uh, we're looking for a positive growth number, um, probably up in the high single digits or low double digits. But not projecting past that. So no. Yeah. Um, so uh, so as always, we record this. So uh, it will be available pretty quick, probably by by tomorrow at the latest uh, online, and uh, we'll have that for you. Uh, and Can you shake your uh, head, yes. Pat and I will be back uh, in a couple couple three months to bring the update again. And uh, says, yeah. appreciate everybody for joining us uh, today. And uh, thank thank you very much for uh, for joining us. We hope that you guys have a very very merry Christmas, a happy holiday. Uh, um, afterwards, a, a, a New Year's, and we look forward to seeing you in 2017. Okay. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you. Bye-bye.